when life stabilized and I started working more in the corporate world, I realized that something was missing. And it was that creative freedom that I had when I was a kid. When I felt that, I didn't really know what that feeling like exactly was, but I knew that I need to do something. Welcome to Airdrop, the show that'll help you understand what NFTs are and how to use them, how they work, and all that good stuff. My name is Rallyon, and I'm here with my work wife, Phosphorus. Hi. And today, we're going to be talking to Omer from OQ Studios. Omer is a multi-talented creative living in New York City. New York! Omer does creative direction, motion graphics, video editing, animation, illustration, you name it, he's probably done it. Over the years, he's worked with such clients such as like IBM, Ted, Huffington Post, and so many others. Oh, casual. Casual. Omer started dabbling in NFTs after watching several artists jump into the NFT space. At first, Omer thought NFTs were just another place where he could post his everyday renders. And now, instead of people just viewing and sharing on Instagram, now he could get paid. Omer did pretty well in the bull market, minting NFTs on Ethereum. So he saved up his earnings and he cashed out before the dip and made a little safety net so he could dive full time into NFTs, which is like good for him. Like, I wonder what that feels like. So today we're going to dive in the story of how Omer went full time into NFTs. We talk about that itch to create that really can't be ignored. And lastly, we talk about how doing everyday renders really paved the way for his success as an NFT artist. And as always, a whole lot more. What I love about Omer's story is how often he referred back to that need to create every day, or at least for him, to create at least three times a week. Because, you know, it's hard when you're doing these giant renders of things. So, Rallyon, for you, you're a massive creative person. How helpful is it for you to create space to be creative every day? First of all, it's incredibly helpful. Um, I've found new art styles that I really actually love a lot and tried brand new things and like thought outside of the box because I established that discipline of creating every day. That's helped me out a lot. It doesn't always feel like super fun, awesome, creative time, right? Sometimes it feels like, ugh, I have to go do this thing. But then I end up spending, you know, at least a couple minutes, at least like 10 minutes making a piece of art. And that feels nice. Even if I'm like not feeling like doing it, in the moment, it helps just like establish creativity as an important part of my life because I'm making space and making time for it. You know what I mean? Mm, Yeah. So good. And it's like, you told me this one day way back when, but it was like, we got to create something every day, even if it sucks. Yes. And sometimes that's what it feels like to create every day. Like, crap, I just made something and this is awful. And it it sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Literally, I've posted stuff in our in our Discord because we have that Create Every Day channel. And I've posted stuff and been like, I don't like this, but I made it. Here, here you go. Yeah, and there's something about like just making space to create, even if it sucks, knowing that if you keep this up, eventually something awesome is going to happen, and something is going to be like push forward, and you're not going you're going to create something you didn't know you had in inside you, which is great, hundred percent. So. If you want to come create every day with us, obviously, there's a link in the description. Come join us. Come check out the Discord where we are literally just creating every day and talking about how to use NFTs and how we can use them for our businesses, our creative careers, and our lives. 
Also, if you can rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it or subscribe if you're listening uh, or watching whatever on YouTube, that'll help a lot of other people find the podcast. So we really appreciate that. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, it's at Airdrop Show. All righty. Let's drop in. Here we go. All right, everybody. Welcome on into the Airdrop Show. Today, we have a very special guest with us. We have Omer, who is the person behind OQ Studios. He's doing a lot with minimalism, lots with gifts. And of course, that hits all of the core things in my heart that I love about art. Ooh, I rhymed. I didn't intend to do that. Omer, you want to say hi to the folks? Hey, everyone. My name is Omer. I'm a New York-based artist right now, and I am the founder of OQ Studios and I eat, breathe, love minimalism. Love it. Love it. All right. Omer, we're going to start with the question we start all the podcasts with, and we've gotten some good answers here, so I'm curious to see what you're going to say. Can you explain what an NFT is in the most simple language possible? That's a really good question. I will say NFTs for me are actually for the artist side, is a way for artists to take their everyday renders, everyday sketches, concepts, ideas, and put them on a blockchain for people to purchase, collect, and support. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. I, I guess with the everydays, an everyday is basically, for explaining it for the folks at home, it's you're just making art every day. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, as a 3D artist, Beeple was one of the people that actually inspired me to jump into the NFT space because he would post a render every day for his concepts on Instagram. And that's where a lot of the artists lived before the NFT space because it was like you could show your portfolio nice and simple and clean on a platform, on a social media platform. It was nice because that's all it was, you know, showing your pictures, showing your videos. You can comment, you can like and share. It was a way for artists to really take their ideas and, you know, show them to the world. So when he jumped into the NFT space, um, I noticed a lot of the other 3D artists that I followed jumped into. And uh, one of my favorite ones was Ash Thorpe. He's like a huge, huge inspiration to me. And when he jumped in, that's whenever I started researching more. Because for me, it was like, is this real? Is this a good opportunity? Is this something that people were asking top artists to do so that more people could jump in? And uh, I waited a little bit because I wanted to see how things would go because the blockchain, crypto, everything was also new to me. And a lot of artists are just used to like people DMing them if they could make artwork for exposure. It was hard at the time. So um, seeing that come up, it was like really inspiring because you finally get that sense of freedom to create what you love. And so when I thought about it, I, I know Beeple was able to do this too, where he took the concept of the everyday renders and was taking that into consideration into NFT. So I decided to do something similar. And because I would post my renders, which are mostly oddly satisfying loops on Instagram, uh, I couldn't do it every day. I wish I could, but I tried to get to that point. I think I I got to the max of doing three a week. What I started doing was I just took my style that I developed and took that into the NFT space. Uh, started on Foundation, jumped to OpenSea. Right now I'm working on Tezos, but 
I'm jumping back into Ethereum later on. And so far, the experience has been like so rewarding because I've gotten a chance to meet so many other artists on top of that. Uh, the feeling of people supporting your work, strictly based off of the fact that they just love your work, is a feeling that I think every artist would agree that it is a very, very precious moment. Mm, yes, there's something about the buy-in right? The the exchange of money across hands. Because before NFTs, right, the, a lot of the art world lived on Instagram, right? right? Where you could publish your work. But the problem is, is you publish for free as an artist, and then you get DM'd to be like, hey, make this. And you said it perfectly. Make it for exposure, <laughs> which like hurts because exposure doesn't pay the bills. I can't pay rent with exposure. I pay rent with money. And hopefully, right. So, so talk me through that process. This the switch from posting on the internet to gain a following and this and that versus now using pretty much the same style, same thing, right? You're posting, but now you're posting as NFTs. Is there a mental switch that happens there? What What's been your experience? I'm glad you said the word mental switch because when you post on Instagram you're not posting for the sake of anybody, for anyone's approval or anything. You're just posting because you created something. There's this like sense of accomplishment or relief. It's almost like when you create a, a to-do list for your day-to-day and you cross out something that you've done in the day. It's that sense of feeling, but instead you're posting what you've done out there into the world. And if people love it, they'll, they love it. And if they don't like it, then you know they don't like it, but it's it's that sense of feeling. So you never really, at least I did it. I never really was thinking that if I post this, I'm going to get someone to, you know, reach out to me for a job. But now the mental switch is still that feeling, but you're kind of, instead of the word posting, you're minting. And when you mint, uh, you are hoping that your piece will be purchased right away or an auction will start. Don't get me wrong. I've tried to like change that mentality where it's just going back to just posting it or minting it. Um, But now I've realized that I have that sense of urgency. So what I've started to do is like kind of tap back into that feeling that I used to have or the mental switch, as you mentioned, which I still really like. Oh, that was my Apple Watch. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to combine the two areas because when I got into NFTs, I wasn't expecting a sale right away. But because my NFT started growing and it started being collected by so many collectors and people really started loving it, I started getting used to, and knock on wood, I started getting used to my pieces selling like the same day or 10 minutes after minting. So what I've started to do is just mint, share it on social media, and just like not refresh the page for like an hour or so. Give myself a little bit of breather because at the end of the day, I don't want my mental switch to go into the area of creating art and expecting it to be bought. I enjoyed it whenever it was just about creating the art itself. Yeah, it reminds me of like, I guess, old school Instagram I mean, I'm a millennial, so I like I understand this as uh, the rise of social media when I was in high school and college. It's like you post it and then you want that instant validation, like how many people have liked it, right? Yeah. And you can you can get stuck in that loop. And now as like 
more people are using and I don't care that much. I can post and I don't care on my social media, whether if it gets lots of engagement, I'm just posting to post. But now with NFTs, it's kind of like that same feeling that you're talking about. It's the, oh, does anybody like it? Yeah. Uh, I've minted this, did it sell right away? And which can cause anxiety and worry and extra stress when if you really are thinking with NFTs, you're thinking about the long game. You're right. thinking about 25 years, 50 years down the road. And sure, maybe nothing sells now, but it doesn't mean that's not going to be valuable later. There is a new game that we're playing in our brains about how this works. And I find it all very intriguing and we're all going to have to navigate it together. Yeah. And didn't you love it whenever Instagram took out the number of people that liked it? I really like that. Yeah, that was a a solid feature we could have used like 10 years ago. (laughs) That would have been great for my mental health <laughs> at a younger age. That would have been really nice. All right. You, you, I love that. I wrote this down. You called your work oddly satisfying loops. Yeah. And that's a hundred percent what it is that they are oddly satisfying. I want, I want to go back and, and I want to do the origin story. Like, how did you know that you wanted to be a creative? What was your steps to like forging this path? Oh, we're showing this. Okay, I love this. Okay, so when I was a kid, I was one of those kids who didn't have cable. The only- what's cable? <laughs> yeah, what's cable one? <laughs> You're probably going to ask that. But if you lived in that time, the best times to watch TV for you were The Simpsons and then mm-hmm. like two other shows at night and then Saturday morning cartoons. Right. And me being a huge superhero fan, huge like anime fan, I loved Saturday morning cartoons. I loved Batman animated series, X-Men, Superman, Batman Beyond, all the good stuff. The classics. The classic, yeah. Huge nostalgia. I just had a rush of nostalgia now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the Batman theme songs playing in my head. <laughs> That's where it started for me because what I started doing was I would always like bring out a notebook, sheet of paper, and just start drawing. Sometimes I would draw what's on the screen, sometimes I would create my own characters. Um, and, you know, going to school, I had a lot of friends who did have cables. So sometimes I'd go over to their house and watch Dragon Ball Z. And gosh, I, I loved, I loved, loved, loved watching it over there. But even though I didn't know what was going on, it was just so much fun to watch. So what I would do is I would go to the library after I like digged in the couches at my house for like dimes because printing at the library's computer was 10 cents a piece. Mm. So I would go over there, print out anything that inspired me. And it's crazy, but that's kind of like how Pinterest is now where yeah. we just save what we see. So that's what I was doing. And, um, I'd come home with like 10 sheets, however many I could afford. And I would like look at those, use those as inspiration and just draw. Throughout high school, everything, that's just what I wanted to do. I knew art was my jam. Oh, also I was born in Texas. So because I wanted to pursue art, I didn't really find a lot of opportunities there, especially when it comes to college. So uh, me being someone who always dreamed of living in New York City, living that story of going from small town to big city, I always wanted to chase that. The baby step that I took was going from Texas to Philly. That's where I went to school. That's where I had a chance to really ask all of the questions, learn as much as I could, everything that I couldn't do while I was in Texas. Because of the fact that I didn't have the resources growing up, I jumped into like everything, graphic design, animation, illustration, and even film. 
So going through school, I decided to just major and focus more on film and animation. After I graduated, I you know jumped into the corporate world. Not right away. I was more so on the freelancing side, and um, it was hard because you know when if you're like me, you when you get out of college, you don't really have a job lined up. And um, if you're in the art field, you're going to start in the freelance world. I was living in my front basement in Jersey, commuting into the city for a freelance gig. Then there was a time where I was living in a hostel for like 10 months while also freelancing and just grew from there until I could finally land a job that was permanent. And that period of moving once or twice a year switching jobs, having like an unstable lifestyle while staying in survival mode stayed for like almost a decade. Um, while we're talking now, like my life actually just recently stabilized. As I was working more towards the corporate world and full-time, it was nice to finally get to a point where I didn't have to worry about if I could eat the next day. I didn't have to worry about if I would need to move. The moment that like I really started to feel like I could finally just rest was whenever I could like take out all of the things that were in my suitcases. So when life stabilized and I started working more in the corporate world, I, I realized that something was missing. And it was that creative freedom that I had when I was a kid, taking out a sheet of notebook paper, drawing my own characters, my own ideas. When I felt that, I didn't really know what that feeling like exactly was, but I knew that I need to do something. One night, I just said, okay, you know what? I'm going to open up Cinema 4D. I'm going to just create whatever I want. Watch some YouTube tutorials. I have like no goal on like what I want to create, but I want to create something. After the first one, it felt so good. I was like the happiest person alive the next day. I started doing that more and more, spending like an hour a night after getting home from work. And uh, slowly, I started to realize that I wanted to make my own style for it. And that was how I wanted to get into minimalism, uh, the black and white artwork that you see. I saw on Instagram, a lot of the artists would just showcase their renders. And I thought that was so cool. Um, they were the reason why I was like kind of chasing more towards the colored side with like realistic textures, cinematic look and uh, but I couldn't do it because I had been so out of touch with like just creating something for myself that I realized I just should make my own style. And that's how the black and white came. When I started like sharing them on Instagram, I wanted to have a subtle element about it that makes it different and that makes it stand out. So I started to, when I started creating the loops, I realized that, hey, this is like really fun to watch and I want to see what other people think. And after a while, I started posting once a week, then twice a week, then three times a week. And it just became something that I really, really enjoyed. So I started working after I got home from work on a daily basis so much that it just became my routine. And um, whenever the NFTs came around, I thought to myself, this is the perfect time to bring that story into the space and to have it be my starting point, because at the end of the day, that is my starting point. That's the point where I realized that I needed to get in touch with what I'm passionate about again. And it's raw, it's minimalistic, it feels like the beginning stage. Wow. That's an origin story right there, sir. <laughs> that is a classic hero's journey origin story. 
Thank you. Thank you. That is a story well lived. Like no one wants to live in a hostel for 10 months. <laughs> that was that was like the worst, worst experience because I shared a room with like six other people. It was like a, a bunk bed room. Yeah, Nobody wants that. <laughs> but that makes the payoff so much better. And like you've, you got the stable job, but then you finally like achieved some sort of you're doing art for a living. That's a huge accomplishment. But then also, there's something in you that urge to create something is still there. Yeah. And it's like gnawing at you. Yeah. You begin having two jobs, pretty much, working for somebody else to make sure you have food on the table and a roof overhead and warm clothes and, and power. But then you also have to pay attention to this thing inside of you and feed that as well with your art. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, right? You've made the full leap to full-time in NFTs. Yeah, absolutely. As an artist, I feel like it's great to jump full time into NFTs, but it's also good to always other opportunities alive. What I ended up doing was I opened up my own production company called OQ Studios. And what I'm doing is I'm including both Web 2 and Web 3 kind of work. Mm. So I still, okay. I still edit videos. I still do animation, but I'm also more focused on the NFT space, like being more of an independent artist. And I wanted to keep it that way because I've started to see recruiters reach out to artists and people who are, you know, motion designers or video editors, art directors for Web3 work. So what I wanted to do is be able to add Web3 as like a, a service for the production company, but also chase the independent artist approach. Yeah, I love that. And I love that like it's just the next part of your story, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And technology has kind of met you in a really cool way with even Instagram and being able to look at things and see things and be inspired and post every day to now Web3 where you're getting paid for your art in a totally different way that allows things to kind of line up. So you did really well in this last bull run and you saved all your money, right? You didn't spend it. Right. I, that's that's exactly what I did. I even cashed out before the big dip because my goal for this year was to was to take the leap. And what I did was I just saved up to make sure that I would have a year's worth of rent and emergencies and just take the jump because this is one of those opportunities where it's good to be early. It's good to take the risk, but of course, only if you can, you know, but don't get me wrong. I'm still making sure that, you know, all the boxes are checked off where if, if things go south, I'm still safe. But it's a great feeling. Like, I, I will say this because while I was working on my nine to five, I realized that I couldn't move forward with a lot of the opportunities because my nine to five was holding me back. And that, that feeling was honestly why I decided to just take that big leap. And you made the leap. And I mean, if listening to your story, it also doesn't sound out of character for you. It sounds perfectly in line for you to make that leap. And of course, you were smart about it, right? You put money away, you have a piggy bank ready to go just in case of emergencies, and you'd be able to move forward and, and give yourself the time, the space, the energy mm -hmm. to really put 100% into this and to see what will happen. Right, exactly. So so how's it been? It, like, let's see, my last day was, I think, a month or so ago. And okay. um, what I did was the first month I... I just wanted to enjoy my life a bit. 
um, breathe, you know, yes. go out and have some drinks, catch up touch with grass. <laughs> yeah, touch grass. I love that saying, by the way, touch grass, because we don't do that, <laughs> especially uh, in New York. It's like, you got to go, <laughs> where do you have to go? You have to go like blocks away. <laughs> to go do that it's a mission (laughs) yeah and um i i did that and after that i took some time to update my website update like everything that i have to make it look like i did make the leap because i want myself to be able to say that on like you know linkedin social media and all that stuff and make sure that everything is already intact whenever people want to work with me so Right now, I'm wrapping up all those updates and making that announcement sometime next week. But because of the fact that, like I was saying, my 9 to 5 was holding me back on Web3 opportunities, the moment I made that jump, it feels so good to just spend a day answering back uh, emails, going through Web3 opportunities, creating my own art, and like getting paid for it like the experience has been so nice like i'm still i'm still adjusting to this like new feeling but it's been awesome i gotta say i can't wait till next week to like roll everything out and you know then focus more on just the art but it's it's been nice it feels like you know this is it i feel very privileged to catch you at the beginning of this journey because you're going on another journey and it's gonna be super cool just to watch and be a part of and witness you go through this big thing. Do you have any idea of like how you're going to find collectors or work with galleries or uh, you're much more positioned in the art space. So I want to like pick your brain on that, those marketing techniques, like how are you going to put your work out there? I did want to say like, I am, I am also very glad that I get to share this with you. Um, I've been sharing it here and there and like, other Twitter spaces, but like, you know, meeting you for the first time and everything. It was just like when you connect with someone, you just know, like, this is a solid person to talk to and everything. Like, it's the feeling is very mutual. I just want to express that. Thank you. I think when it comes to the galleries and taking the next steps, what I want to do is have galleries showcase my black and white work a little bit more. And, um, then make that huge jump of going into a more colorful vibe. And when I jump into the colorful vibe, that's when I will, I guess the correct term is dox myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take off the mask and show everybody what's underneath. Yeah, yeah. And um, that that's, that's the goal. And I think that's whenever everything will kickstart because, you know, I already spend, because of my line of work before Web3, I got a chance to understand the marketing behind social media, what attracts people, learning more about branding, learning more about what, you know, the the attention span that people have nowadays. And I'm still kind of using those elements because I'm taking that into the Web3 space with my with my artwork and with my releases. So when it comes to marketing, that's kind of the strategy that I use to have a buildup to my pieces. So it's using traditional methods. Well, I would say traditional. They probably happened five years ago and they're current, constantly changing of using social media um, to get your work out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I might never use Discord as I've uh, attracted collectors and supporters through social media. I may never use Discord, um, but I find that social media is the best approach and I will also start to use LinkedIn more 
because I feel like because recruiters are really looking for people to be part of Web3 opportunities, it's a good route to take now because people are slowly catching up. Yeah, yeah, I can hear Gary Vee in the back of my head saying, <laughs> Link, LinkedIn and TikTok. I can just see it and I can hear it. I've seen it so many times. And I think that's a great, great plan. Yeah. Do you, are you, okay. So as an artist, I'm, I'm curious about social media from your perspective and how you use it because it was so Instagram heavy. Are you still posting there? And I know Instagram wants to get into NFTs eventually. And probably if you're listening in the future, this is super outdated. But are you, have you moved 100% to Twitter? Or is there, are you still on the Instagram train with their followers there? Or how does that, how does that work? That's a good question. I don't know 100%, but I saw something recently and it's funny that you brought up. <laughs> it's funny that you brought up Gary Vee because that's the screenshot that I saw. He yeah. uh, he posted something about uh, what's the what's the PFP collection? I think it's Creature World or something. Whoever's listening and is a huge PFP lover, I'm sorry if I butchered it. Um, <laughs> but he posted something on Instagram about that, and it's actually, I believe, it's kind of like how Twitter takes the PFP from your collection and has it as your PFP, and it's right. like verified and stuff. And I believe you can do that now with posts. So I, what I wanted to do was just grow my audience on Twitter for a bit. And I feel like I've, I've done that and jump back onto Instagram and uh, start sharing on both platforms. So uh, you caught me at a good time. I'm actually going back to Instagram too and just posting there more frequently and sharing what I'm building, what I'm creating, uh, especially now that I have more time, you know, I... Because I, because of my background in social media, it was just hard at the time to like export different sizes, uh, you know, right. post on Instagram, post on the story, post on Twitter, all that stuff. So I am jumping back on there and I'm going to also jump back on my uh, Facebook page, which has been collecting a, a whole lot of dust. <laughs> two yeah, years, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. more. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, that's good. I'm just curious about what you're thinking moving forward as you know, we're all trying to navigate this world together mm -hmm. and trying to find like, where's the best place to post to find collectors. Yeah, I like what you said about LinkedIn, especially as an independent artist and posting more frequently of showing how this will work because recruiters are looking for as web three grows and it's not going away. Yeah. It's only going to grow. I like what you said. You're a perfect, perfect crossroads to to make the leap to take the risk because even if you quote unquote fail you will still have so much experience that will be so valuable for somebody else mm -hmm. exactly. and that was so that will be so useful that's so good now all right what's been your biggest surprise so far in the nft space regarding your own work oh that's a good question um i my biggest surprise that i had whenever i first started posting every days on instagram and that was the feeling that people actually actually love the minimalistic work that I create. Because as an artist, you're always, always um, going to compare yourself to others. It's hard not to. It's hard not to step back and say, hey, you know, stay in your own lane. Focus on creating and focus less on comparing because that's kind of what social media has done to our brains. Um, not just as an artist, but even as human beings. When you see someone out in the Bahamas enjoying like a nice cocktail and you're like at home working away, you're like, man, I really, 
really wish I was living that life. <laughs> it's miserable and it's raining and yeah. everyone's yelling at you. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it's the same thing with the art space too, where because my work is black and white and because it loops, people can tell me that they love it and people can tell me that they hate it. But I'm always going to lean more towards the people that say that they hate it because that's just like self-doubt in me. So it's hard to be in that field because, you know, in my mind, especially since I'm chasing that cinematic approach as a long-term goal, I'm always going to compare myself to artworks like that. So coming into the NFT space and seeing people purchase my work, especially collectors who are like so well-known, um, Guy Norkel, Barat, uh, Mentalist. Uh, there's another collector who remains anonymous and I've never had a chance to thank him, but also CL7 who like mostly sweep my floor. Um, and uh, uh, Masan, he's also an incredible artist, collector and human. You know, seeing them all jump in and support my work, that was like that moment for me that like really surprised me and really like encouraged me to go forward because at the time, whenever I was posting on Instagram, I was just for fun. Now I'm kind of adding the element of, okay, let's see how much it's worth. Let's see if it's worth anything. Yeah. I love what you said, just shouting out all your collectors and other artists, because uh, the the vibe I get from Web3 is that it is like artists supporting artists. Like they're creating legitimately their own economies without other big money or big money gets fueled in, but then they help the little guys around them, which will rise to the top, who can then those new people can help more new people. And uh, there's this camaraderie, this ethos of, of encouragement and just pushing each other to be better. Cause I mean, give yourself grace, Omar, like, because your brain automatically is going to always look for the negative. That's right. just a fight flight, the way your brain has been evolved and good things bounce off of it like Teflon, right? You have to like focus on good things for like 20 seconds for having the same effect as <laughs> someone like just saying something nasty. Yeah. And what the Web3 space is doing, especially like in the tight knit, like artist groups is you're seeing people encouraging and saying, hell yeah, this is worth money. I'm supporting, I'm here for it. And together they, everyone's going to rise. And I, I just, I love that ethos. And it's, I'm so glad the internet is turning back into that because it's so easy. Like you said, to just compare yourself to everybody and their mom or about how far you are. And there's that Ira Glass quote, right? That says like, you're an artist because there's a gap in your work and it takes time and rough patches to get there. But that's the journey. That's the journey we all take in, in being creative. That's very true. And chasing your dreams and stuff. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. Okay. So NFTs have changed the game. I love that you started with Batman to get <laughs> even in to animation and art and just storytelling. And now that, I don't know, NFTs have the ability to create new IP and this whole new thing that we're all trying to figure out with storytelling. Is there some? Is there an itch deep down inside your little soul that says, like, I want to create my own? Yes, one, 100 gajillion percent. Um, okay, good. I have that same itch, so that's great. <laughs> I, 
I want to, as a long-term goal, which is something that I've always wanted to do, was create my own superhero. And I want to have that be my end goal because that's always been my dream. And I'm kind of using this buildup from black and white to color to cinematic to superhero because it's like when you first start out with anything, um, you have to learn the fundamentals. You have to learn from others before you can, you know, learn to do your own thing. And um, that's the approach that I want to take where you see it, the art actually grow and The best part is, is that uh, my collectors get to be a part of that. And I haven't shared this much really with them because it's not that I don't want them to know. It's just that there's like this, there's like, you kind of give a a promise, you know, and uh, that kind of promise like limits your creativity in the long run. Um, Because it's also like, who knows what's going to happen a year from now, especially in this space. And because like now so many artists have, even left because of the dip and don't get me wrong that'll that'll never be me i'll always be here um it's just that when like i'll talk about the superhero concept in uh in spaces on podcasts and uh everywhere but i i want it to be known as the end goal i want it to be something that people can look forward to but also focus more on the moments that we're having now um i'm really excited because i I am trying to develop the story in the background. I am trying to figure out how I would really bring that into Web3. There are a couple of ideas brewing, but because the space changes so much, I've I've kind of just like decided to just focus more on the story right now, uh, design the characters, and then when the time comes to bring it into Web3. Yeah, and that, that, what you said was great. It's uh, you don't want to like overpromise, underdeliver. I'm going to do something big, yeah. promise the whole world, and have it show up. Like you're talking twenty, thirty, forty years down the line, right? You still have this. It's the magnum opus. Like eventually, I'd love to get here, but right now, I'm just want to focus on what's right in front of me because that's what we have, right? And that's you're doing the minimalism and the black and white, and it's beautiful. And it's, I would suggest everyone go check it out. So this is your time. Where do people check out your work? You can, you can go to my Twitter page. There's a link tree there. Um, on my website, I'll have an entire NFT page or page dedicated to NFTs on my website. So soon that'll be on my personal website, which would be www.oqstudios.com. And uh, that's where all my NFTs will live. I mint on OpenSea Foundation. Um, I'm currently working on my super rare application. So who knows, by the time people are listening to this, I might even be on there. Um, And Tezos. There we go. Everyone go please check out Omar's work. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And that the minimalism, the oddly satisfying loops just tugged at my soul first time I saw it and I was definitely mesmerized. So it definitely works. Uh, Omer, thank you so much for coming to On Airdrop. And I, I, we will watch your future with much... What's, what's, the, what's the line? It's in my head. It's, it's a stupid line from Star Wars where Palpatine talks to Anakin. And you, young Skywalker. We will watch your career with great interest. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I don't know why that just stuck in my head. But no, I will. And it's I'll be following and 
Thanks for coming on the show and sharing all the wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And it's been a huge pleasure. And like, even whenever I do jump into color, I'd say we should definitely do another one. For sure. Thank you so, so much for listening to Airdrop. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review the show and post on Twitter that you listened to us and it was your favorite episode ever uh, and that your life has changed and all that stuff. Make sure you tag us, though, at Airdrop Show so that other people know that we changed your life because that's what we're here to do. And we love hearing from you. And uh, we're going to retweet your stuff. And uh, yeah, we love you. Thanks for dropping in. And remember... While discipline and freedom seem like they sit on opposite sides of a spectrum, they're actually very, very connected. (laughs) 